Father, we thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come in fullness. Give us a revelation of your presence, God. A revelation of your indwelling spirit in us, God. I thank you for your word that says you'll never leave us or forsake us. You're here. The kingdom of God is in us. Yes, God. So we don't, we don't come to the house of the Lord. We bring the house of the Lord with us, God. We bring the house of you with us. You said we are the living temples. We're the living stones. So we acknowledge your presence within us today, Lord. We acknowledge that we are the larger church. We are the church. This body here right now, the living stones, the ecclesia, the called out. Yes, God. We are your church, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to minister this morning to each and every one that comes as well. And to minister to those of our body that aren't here right now, too. Father, we know you receive our worship. You said if we didn't praise, the rocks would cry out. So we, we want to join that praise that's lifting up all over the earth. It's all creation.
song of my life. You always lead me. You are the voice inside. You are my love. No one before you. All that I am points to you. And I was made by you. And I was made for you. And I am unfulfilled. 
the power bar. I think we got power. There we go. Now we got power. I just felt led to take the mic. As, as we're worshiping, um, can I just say this, that probably since I've come to this church, I've probably had more freedom in worship than ever before. just want to let you know that. I typically don't really kind of sway and dance around a little bit. But I just feel that, you know, since we've come here, I just felt a, more free, a much greater freedom. I just want to let you know that. And uh, as we were... As we were worshiping, I just felt the Lord just depositing in my heart that we're, we're going to see a breakthrough. We're going to see a breakthrough. I just That was the word that was coming to me. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. But I want to challenge us this morning. I, I know we've got a few people away. My wife and, and my daughter, they're packing things up and getting things arranged for our trip. Uh, the Kolodzkos are away, the Grangers and the Cheddars are away at a baby dedication. And, but it's, it's wonderful to see, who, to see who is here this morning. And, and we just thank you for taking the effort to be here. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here to worship. And we're going to be turning into Nehemiah in, in, a, in a little while in the service. But one of the things that you'll notice if you read through into Nehemiah uh, at, at the very end, one of the things that had happened is, and I just want to read this to you, And this is what Nehemiah had said. And he said that half of the children spoke the language of Ashdod, the language of of one of the other peoples, and did not know, now listen, and did not know how to speak the language of Judah. And if you look at you ask yourself, what does Judah mean? Judah means praise. And I want to challenge us here this morning that we don't want to be a people who don't know how to speak the language of Judah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So, Lord, teach us this morning. Move us this morning. Because I'm going to tell you, folks, oh, I just couldn't help it when we were praising. Oh, I just feel something going on here. When we were singing the song, and it's like, you know something? God is the one. And in Genesis, it says that when he made Adam out of the dust of the earth, And it says that he breathed into him, into his nostrils, the breath of life. The ruah, the the breath of God. I want you to know this morning that it's only because of the breath of God that we're even alive. Did you know that? How many know that deserves his praise? That deserves his praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But even more than that, even more than that, We know that Jesus told Nicodemus that it wasn't just the first birth. We needed to be born again by the Spirit. Amen? So we've had a first, but we've also got a second. And how many know that's worth praising Him for? But not only that, not only that, He promises us that we can receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The power of the Holy Spirit. That when we speak, there can be power in our words. There can be power in our praise. There can be power in our proclamation. And power in our hands to heal and deliver and set captives free. Power from the Holy Spirit. But not only that. there's There's a pattern. Subsequent patterns. Where the Holy Spirit can fill us again. And again and again, and again, 
and again and again and again. Amen? And if you're running on empty, if you're running on a little fumes and you just need, listen, don't, listen, one, one person said back home, he said, I like to be under the spout where the glory comes out. Hallelujah. So let's turn this place today. Let's not hold anything back from praising our God who gives us life, who gives us rebirth, who empowers us to serve Him, but has also promised. How, how many understand? He's promised us that the resurrection life that begins here and now will continue on because we who are new creations in Christ are destined to reign with Him forever and ever and ever. Amen. Man and glory be his name. So let's make sure we know the language of Judah this morning. Amen. So I just wanted to call everyone out of their seats and up to the front. What Pastor just released is very, very important, and it requires a response. So I'm not, like, telling you guys what to do. You don't have to do this. But there is something here right now, and it requires a response. So just humbly, like, just I'm just asking you guys just to come up to the front. And I'll just try and, like, lead you in this. Just come. Just come. There is breakthrough here. So just thank you for coming, and I'm not forcing you to. And we're all in this together. Just come. Just come. It's okay. Just come. 
I just break off any insecurity. I break off um, just the the lasers in your backs, just caring what people think. Just come, just come, just come, Phil. Like, just come and just just start to breathe. Just start to breathe. Just start to relax and just ah. Uh, just give it to the Lord. Just say, Lord, just take my insecurity. Can you guys just come up into here? Like, just, just come. Just come. Just come. Just, just come up. <laughs> Lori, just come up just a little bit more. Thank you so much. So I want everyone just to close their eyes. And I want you just to start to breathe. <laughs> Like from the deepest place in in your belly and just relax. Don't stop. Just from the tips of your toes to the top of your head, just relax. Spirit of God, I thank you that you're here.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, today. Hallelujah. Uh, I just feel like praying over everyone that's here today. I just really do. I just feel like just thanking you, God, first of all, for the fact that you bring life to each and every one of us here. You are life, Lord. You are our lives. And we owe you our lives, and we commit our lives to you afresh today. You are life, and we, you are abundant life, Jesus. You are abundant life. And you've come to bring that life and to bring it more abundantly. And so I pray this morning for abundant life in each and every person, every soul that is here today, every soul that is here, every man, every woman, every child today, abundant life. And I pray that for every prayer and every hope and every dream that has been ascended to heaven like incense, my prayer today is that God today will be a day of breakthrough, a day of breakthrough, that God, that you will break through the barriers, that you will break through the, the walls of the enemy. I pray today that there will be an overcoming of fear, an overcoming of anger. We will have victory today over fear, over depression, over anxiety, over an uncertainty, Lord, over sins. And God, today is the day that there will be breakthrough in the house of the Lord. Because we have chosen to remember the language of Judah. We have chosen to praise you and to come to you and to be dependent upon you today. And so, Lord, I pray and I speak life. I speak life. I speak life today. Life over every soul. Abundant life. Your favor. Your blessing. Your increase over every life here today. Bless. Pour it out, Lord. Pour it out, God. Pour it out. Pour out more hope, more strength, more of your power to heal in Jesus' name. We pray for healing, God. We curse MS in Jesus' name. And we bind it in the name of Jesus and we command it to leave. We curse. We curse every, we curse pain today in Jesus' name. We come against pain whether it be in the head, the back, the neck, shoulders. I've got shoulder pain today, and I'm praying in the name of Jesus that the, that the pain will go in Jesus' name. This morning, whatever you, uh, listen, whatever you've got, whatever it is that, you, that, that is besetting you, whatever it is that is, is holding you back, whatever it is, maybe it's fear, maybe it's doubt, Maybe it is a physical ailment. Maybe it's something in your finances, whatever it might be. Whatever it is that is keeping you awake at night, whatever it is that's causing you stress, I want you to know that Jesus has come to give abundant life. 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 Hallelujah. And I want you to know today that we don't want the the enemy getting a foothold at all. So whatever it is, can we just release it to the Lord today? Can we lift our hands and can we just release whatever it is? And we just give it to him. We just lay it down at the altar. We just lay it down at the cross. We just take that action, that prophetic action. We We just reach in and we just give it to the Lord. I don't want it anymore. I don't want the fear, I don't want the anxiety, the depression, the pain, the disease. I don't want I don't want that thing that keeps me awake at night. I don't want that thing that keeps me downcast and saddened because you have because of you, Lord, you want joy in our lives. 
And so we reclaim that joy and we rejoice today. We rejoice in what you're doing. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. We believe in for breakthrough. That the walls are coming down. The walls are coming down. We, we release people today. We, we take the keys of the prison that we've locked them and our, even ourselves into with unforgiveness and bitterness. And today we lay the keys and we throw it away. We unlock the door and we throw away the key. We release them. We, we release ourselves from that prison. Because bitterness, folks, bitterness and unforgiveness, it is rotten to the bones. We don't want any offense. We don't want anything that would hinder. So, Lord, we, we, we repent and we come and we ask, Lord, to, to change our hearts and to, and to release us, Lord, in, into a life of repentance. And, and, and may our walk be clean before you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Just release, just release your power. Release your healing. Release your anointing today. Just kind of, wow. Yeah. Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know what the Lord might be doing or speaking to somebody, but maybe somebody's got a testimony already. I have no idea. I know, I know Caleb had a cool experience with his boss. Didn't you? I heard about that. So I got you on the spot. Now you're... You've graduated from Bible college program, so I mean, you, you know how to handle a microphone now, right? And maybe somebody else, maybe the Lord is speaking to you, maybe the Lord is blessing you, maybe there's something that God is doing, and, and uh, if you want to share. Okay, so I started working construction this week. Um, I was up on a slip deck, so we're building this big grain elevator. Um, so a guy I was working under, he's... He's a very spiritual person, not a religious person. That's how he describes himself. But he says he's Pentecostal too. Um, so he honestly knows the Bible better than I do. Uh, but I just, he was complaining about his back. And like, it was such a hard week. So I had really nothing to rely on except for God. So I was talking to God an awful lot as I was working this week. Um, so when you spend time with God, when someone complains about something, your first response is, oh, can I pray for that? So I just, hey, can I pray for that? And just like, in Jesus' name, I declare you healed. That's, I think that's all I said. And then like a little while later, he's like, hey, Caleb, whatever you prayed, it worked. So like, keep on doing that. And I'm like, well, it wasn't me that healed you. He's like, I know it's not you that healed me. Like, I'm not that naive. But yeah, he got healed. And then I prayed for a whole bunch of other people. I don't know if they were really healed, but it's just a response thing, really. Thank you. Thank Amen. You, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's good stuff. Thank you, Lord. Thank that's good you. stuff. Heidi, you get a testimony. Hello, everybody. I just want to thank everybody for their prayers this week. Michael had an accident at his work. He had a big piece of steel fall on his head. They brought him to the hospital, and he called me and said to, if I could come there. And so I went. I knew something had happened. They took x-rays and they said he had a fractured skull that it looked like it was bleeding into the brain. They brought us to the Edmonton hospital and as soon as we got there, I sent Pastor a message. I said, please, can you pray for us? This has happened. Before he went into the CT scan, I felt 
the power and the prayer. The doctor, when he got, she got the test, he, she came back and she said, there is no fracture. I couldn't help myself, but I told her. I said it was. There was a fracture. But God fixed it because my church prayed for it. God healed it. She just looked at me, but I had to say it. God healed it. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Anyone else? I just feel that once we're done testimonies, I just feel like it's just an appropriate time because we're all together to, to just to celebrate communion. I was planning to do it at the end of the service, but I just feel like it's like we're having family time right now. We're having family time, so it's pretty cool. That's how I'm, I'm, I'm picking it up. And uh, so is there anyone else with a testimony before we change gears? Anyone else? Anyone else? Okay. It's not really a testimony, but I just felt when we were praying there, the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Enter his courts with praise. So I just feel that as a, as a church body, we need to say thank you, Lord. We need to say thank you, Lord. Yes, we need to say thank you, Lord, thank for you, what Lord. you've done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you honor. We enter your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter your courts with praise. Father, we want to say thank you. We want to say thank you for what you've done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to ask, uh, ask Frank. Frank is, uh, is going to give me a hand this morning. And... Uh, I know it might be a little bit less organized than what we had thought in our minds, but that's okay. That's okay. We just go with the flow of the Spirit, right? So uh, if it's okay by, by everyone else, we're just going to uh, serve everyone. And if you want to stick around, that's fine. If you want to go back to your seat because your legs are getting tired, that's okay. However you want to do this is perfectly fine. But, uh, you know, if you, you know the Lord, you love the Lord this morning, we invite you because this is, this is all about... Uh, this represents our communion with Christ, but also the communion that we share with one another. Isn't that amazing? That uh, we, we live as, as the body of Christ in a, in a in relationship of the, of the new covenant. And we're thankful today for the life that Jesus brings. And, uh, and if you're visiting, or maybe it's your first time, I shouldn't say visiting, because that assumes you're never coming back. So if you're here for the first time, we want you to come back. Okay, I'm just going to be blunt and frank about that. If you're here the first for your first time, or it's been, it's been a long time, uh, we want you to, to feel at home here. We want you to feel this is home. You've come home. And, uh, you know, we've, we, felt, um, we, we felt the warmth of God's folks here, and, and we want you to feel that too, and uh, we want you to feel a part of this. So... Um, this morning, Frank and I are just going to, the worship team just continue. Uh, uh, I, you know that, that song that it, it said about, it said about full communion. That was a pretty good one too. So if you want to get around to that, but that's fine. Whichever one you want to do, whatever you feel led to do. 
inside. You are my love. No one before you. All that I am points to you. And I was made. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, 23, he said, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so let's pray this morning. Father, we, we, we pause and we give you thanks that because of your body, your body that was given for us, that we don't have to give ourselves over in that way, 
But you, Lord, have paid the price for each and every one of us. You paid our debt and you paid it in full. And because of that, we can have new life to be a new creation in Christ Jesus, entering into a covenant with you where you are faithful, that you are oh so faithful to us. And we bless you, Lord, this morning, and we thank you and we praise you and we worship you for your grace that is so bountiful, your love that is unending, your mercy. Oh, God, we thank you this morning. And, and, and as we partake, we renew our covenant with you. We, we, we ask, Lord, that as we receive the bread today that it will be a sign of our continuing recommitment, our perpetual recommitment to you, Lord, as your, as your people, as your child, as your daughter, your son here this morning. And so, Lord, bless this element, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's eat together. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to ask Sister Sandy in just a few moments if she would pray over the, the uh, juice, of course, that represents the blood of Jesus. And, and so Paul said in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Sister Sandy, would you, would you lead us in prayer? Oh, thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that blood of Jesus that knows no nationality. The blood of Jesus that was poured out for every one of us in every country. I thank you, Lord, that the blood of Jesus flowed here. I thank you, Lord, that the blood of Jesus is wherever people are gathered this morning and worshiping his name. We thank you for the completed work of the blood of Jesus, that we have been set free from sin, from sickness, from disease. We have been given peace of mind, and we have been blessed beyond measure. Thank you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul says, for whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, that you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And what a great hope that is, to have an expectancy that Jesus is coming again for us. Amen? Amen. Let's just thank you, Lord. Just praise him this morning. Just thank him for his goodness. Can we just give the Lord a a clap offering of of praise this morning? Amen. 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 Going to ask the worship team just to lead us in a few more songs of worship before we change gears to turn into the word. Would you lead us? Can, I know you guys might be getting tired, but whatever you feel the spirit. Be enthroned.
nations, you are worthy, Lord of all. And unto you, the slain and risen King, we lift our voice to heaven, singing worthy, Lord of all, Lord of all. You are Lord of all. You are Lord of all. You are Lord of all. Lord in this place. that we can't control we want more of you God we want more of you God set a fire down in our souls that we can't contain that we can't control we want more of you God we want more of you God set a fire down in our souls that we can't contain that we can't control we want more of you god we want more of you god set a fire down in our soul that we can't contain that we can't control we want more of you god we want more of you god no place we would rather be no place we would rather be no place we would rather be than here in your love here in your love no place we would rather be no place we would rather be no place we would rather be than here in your love here in your love so set a fire down in my soul that i can't contain that i can't control I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. 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 We want more of you. Oh, yes, God. More, more of you. More of you, Lord. More of you. Send the fire. Yes, Lord. Send the fire. Yes, Lord. Send it, Lord. Yes, Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
feel like we've had church already. It's good. <laughs> Amen. Well, if you haven't been welcomed already, welcome to Maple Street this morning, and so good to see you. And uh, I'm just going to bring your attention to our, our bulletin in a second. We do have a few folks that are away. It's already been mentioned. I believe the, the Closcos, well, I know they are, are away in, uh, in Edson visiting family. And, uh, uh, of course, Lincoln and Penny, along with Chelsea and, and uh, Al and the family, and I believe also Amanda and Eric are down in um, Leduc at a, a child dedication, which is always a very special thing. And, um, but we're here this morning. And uh, the Spirit of God is, is here. And um, so it's, it's been real sweet so far. And I uh, trust that you feel welcome. And if you're here for the first time, thank you so much for making the effort to worship with us today. And we trust that you'll, you'll feel at home today. And, and so much at home that you might consider uh, joining this family. Because uh, it's a growing family and, and we just feel like the Lord's got a place to take us. And so we want to go where he, he leads us to go. And, and um, so, yeah, bless you this morning. Um, looking at our bulletin, just want to uh, mention, of course, uh, Tuesday night, we're going to be away, so we're putting... Oh, there we go. He found it. So as we receive today's offering, we are believing you for heaven open, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declaration impartation and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so that I may have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. Amen. And God bless you as you give this morning. If we could turn into Nehemiah 13, and I believe we have some of the text on, on the, the screen. Nehemiah 13. Nehemiah 13, and we're going to track a little bit of that. This morning, I want my, my message, if we can get that onto the screen this morning, maintaining the renewed life. How many know that we've been tracking through Nehemiah? And we finally come to chapter 13. And if anybody know that there, there's not a chapter 14, did you know that? No chapter 14 in Nehemiah. So this is kind of where we're going to park. This is kind of where we're going to end. And we've been talking about, from the very beginning, we talked about... Nehemiah getting a burden and Nehemiah wanting to go down to Jerusalem to rebuild. And uh, as restoration took place, uh, how many know that there's times when, um, as, as one person would say, I don't know if you've ever heard this saying or not, but there's a saying that says that while the cats are away, the mice will play. Anybody heard that saying before? While the cat's away, the mice will play. We're going to kind of see that a little bit here. In the, in, the, in the text this morning. If you go to Ch uh, Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 1, and I think we can get that up there if anybody wants to see it. So on the, 
On that day, the book of Moses was read aloud in the hearing of the people, and there, was, and there it was found written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever be admitted into the assembly of God because they had not met the Israelites with food or wa and water, but had hired Balaam to call a curse down on them. When the people heard this law, they excluded from all Israel all those who were of foreign descent. Before this, Eliasib the priest had been put in charge of the storerooms of the house of our God. He was closely associated with Tobiah, and it provided him with a large room formerly used to store the grain offerings, the incense, the temple articles, and also the tithe of the grain, new wine, and oil prescribed by for the Levites, singers, and gatekeepers, as well as the contributions for the priests. But while this was all going on, I was not in Jerusalem. For in the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, I had returned to the king. And some time later, I had asked his permission and and came back to Jerusalem. And here I learned the evil thing Eliasib had done in providing Tobiah a room in the courts of the house of God. And I was greatly displeased and threw out all Tobiah's household goods out of the room. I gave orders to purify the rooms and then I put back into them the equipment of the house of God with the grain offerings and the incense. And we're going to stop right there. We're going to pray and ask, Lord, that you would come by your spirit today and that you would just illuminate the truth of your word to our hearts and our lives. May we see the truth that is contained within it. And Lord, may we not just come to a knowledge of it, but Lord, that we would walk it out in our daily lives. Uh, spirit, speak to us today as you already have. Thank you for the worship. We thank you, God, that we could have the privilege to praise you. But, Lord, we also pray that, God, that, that uh, we'll continue to praise and worship you in, in the way that we live our lives, not just as we gather, but the way that we live our lives before you in our relationship with you. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. Well, we've been, again, looking through Nehemiah. And, and, and of course, if you're here with us the first time, you're, you're getting to the very end of, of the series. But... If you remember that there was, a, uh, we looked at the results last week of a spiritual awakening that had taken place as Ezra, we know he was no T.D. Jakes when he brought the law, but uh, how many understand that the word of God is powerful and the word of God penetrated their hearts to the point that they made a response to what was being read and what was being explained. And we discovered last week that there was a, call back and a, and a desire to want to be to live holy before the lord it was also uh, as we saw the results of this reviving that was taking place this awakening in in among the people that uh, there was also uh they wanted to be faithful as god was faithful to them so there was a, a resurgence of faithfulness but there was also of course we discovered uh, a desire to be open-handed to be able to give to the lord what uh what uh, was his and, and, and what they wanted to give in their, in their praise through their tithes and offerings and so on. And so we, we, we notice that if you go into... Um, so the idea here, of course, was a purpose to obey the Lord. That was the idea, that they wanted to obey the Lord. Uh, and they wanted to assume the responsibilities for the Lord's house so that things could go on. They didn't want to neglect the Lord's house. So if you go into chapter 11 and you go into chapter 12, which we're not going to do that this morning, but you'll notice that there was an extensive list that was given to those who would settle in the, in, within the walls. And then in chapter 12, it concludes with a celebration. So they have, it's like, it's like coming to church, right? They have a big celebration, and the people dedicate 
the walls of Jerusalem. But what's interesting is, is if you notice what, um, as we get into 13, you'll notice that Nehemiah has been away. Nehemiah has been away, and some scholars believe he's been away. That as he begins to, to uh, narrate, begins to tell us what's going on in chapter 13, that he's probably away may, a year, maybe two. We're not 100% sure, but um, he's been gone for a considerable amount of time. And as I mentioned before, you've heard the saying that while the cat's away, the mice will play. And I don't know about you, but I remember when I was growing up, uh, when, my, when my parents would leave the house to go visit family probably about an hour away. I want you to know that while the cats were away, the mice would play. We played basketball in the living room. And I can remember that there was a, a, a picture of my grandfather on my mother's side. It was, his, it was a black and white picture. He had his, he had his Canadian military hat on, you know. And uh, so he served in the army during World War II. And it was very fortunate that that picture is still hanging in my, or is still in the possession of my mother today. Because when you're playing basketball in the living room, uh, throwing basketballs around and pictures on the walls just don't mix very well. How many agree that that's probably true? Uh, While the cat's away, the mice will play. Uh, And so they will play uh, on, uh, on, their, on their three-wheelers. We used to have three-wheelers, and you go into the backwoods somewhere, and you'd be tearing up the mud, and uh, you would be only, you know, just a young kid, maybe seven or eight years old, and there would be, like, as many as you could get on a mini bike going down a dirt road, and they're trying to get the engine going on this thing, and we all fall off of it. Of course, nobody gets hurt, and we're not going to tell on each other all the, all the bad stuff that we do. Like, for example, my brothers were reaching up to get the souvenir bottle of Newfie Screech off of the knickknack wall, you know? And I'm five years old, and I'm just waiting, like, give me some Newfie Screech while my brothers are filling the rest of the bottle up. Because it's dark with water, and my mother never knew it for years that we killed the Screech. Fortunately, the Screech didn't kill us. Let's just say it wasn't very good. But while the cat's away, the mice will play. And that's the way it was with my brothers. We used to have a pack. Now, they were older, way older. My oldest brother's 11 years older than I am. My other brother's about 8 years older than I am. And so I was the baby of the family. And the idea was, if you don't tell on me, I won't tell on you. And it worked for a while until I let the cat out of the the bag, so to speak. But... uh, yeah, while the cat's away, the mice will play. And uh, that's not my, one of my points, but it seems that that was a, a theme that sort of happened in, in Jerusalem when Nehemiah was away. Nehemiah was away, like as I said before, that probably about a year or two or so. And while he was away, there seemed to be a laxity when it came to following the law of God, just like our laxity when it came to our behavior in the house. We knew we weren't supposed to play basketball in the house. We knew we weren't supposed to drink the souvenir bottle of Newfoundland Screech. We knew we weren't supposed to be out, you know, riding around on the three-wheelers in the back of the woods and, and all that sort of stuff. But we did it anyway because we were boys. And mom and dad weren't around to be watching over us. And so we thought we could get away with it until the truth comes out later. I even climbed a 100-foot water tower and told my parents later on. Let me just tell you that my 6-foot-3 cousin only looked about that high. 
as I was doing something kind of silly. But we find in Jerusalem that Nehemiah is away, and again, there's laxity when it comes to the people following the, the Lord. And, of course, we, we knew that, uh, we, we discovered before that that there was, uh, that there was a, a revival that was renewing, but now things have really cooled off in Nehemiah's absence. And so Nehemiah returns, and he gets permission of the king to return to Jerusalem. And on his arrival, he discovers that instead of revival still going strong, they were beginning to drift into a spiritual coma. They become very lax. Their love for God had begun to go, go cold. There was no signs of powerful worship taking place in Jerusalem. And the people were beginning to backslide into their former way of, of living. They were beginning to neglect the house of the Lord. And they were neglecting their holiness. They were neglecting their faithfulness. They were neglecting their open-handedness, as we talked about last week. Even so that they were dishonoring the Sabbath by selling food and merchandise on the Sabbath and, and giving themselves to marriage with, with, with foreigners. And so that even, it says, one of the sons of the high priest uh, had given his, himself to, uh, had, had been in, in cahoots with Sanballat the Horonite. So if you remember Sanballat the Horonite, if you remember Sanballat and Tobiah, you go back in the very first portion of the book, and you'll discover that Sanballat and Tobiah are actually enemies of the, of the Jews. And yet now we find a totally different relationship. Because I want you to think about this for me. Here it is, the grandson of the high priest is now married to the daughter of Sanballat. Wow. How far they have gone. The enemy of Israel the enemy of Israel, sidekicks, Tobiah and Geshem. Remember, they spewed out ridicule and mockery, and they were trying to thwart the plans and the purposes of God to rebuild, and yet here is the son of the high priest, now married to the daughter of Sanballat. And the question is, how in the world did they get to that point? How did they get to that point? Now, remember last week we talked about how they renewed their covenant with God. They promised, we're going to do this. We're going to obey the law of the Lord. We're not going to get in, we're not going to intermingle, or not intermingle, but they're not going to marry. In, because, folks, how, how many understand that influence? It was people who were worshiping idols and they were enemies of the Jews. And so, the, yeah, this was not a good thing to do. This was not a good thing to do. And they declared that they were not going to neglect the house of the Lord. So, how did it all happen? So, I just want to suggest very quickly. Four things. Four things. And I'm going to hit it hard. I'm going to hit it fast. If you look at verse 4, it's interesting where it says that Eliasib the priest had been put in charge of the storerooms of the house of our God. He was closely associated with Tobiah. Can I suggest this morning that we need to be careful if we're going to maintain a renewal of our relationship with God every single day that we need to be careful of the influences that are within our lives. We need to be careful of our associations. Now it says here that Eliasib, the priest, had been charged 
put in charge of the storerooms of the house of our God. He was closely associated with Tobiah. Closely associated. Now that's not just that you're a friend, as in like, because how many understand that, that we're not talking about separation from people who are unbelievers here? Amen? You can never win a person to Jesus if you never have close proximity. If you're never building relational bridges to people, you can never lead them to Jesus. But there's a difference here. It's more than just relationship. It's actually moving into the place where this is now partnership. So much so that now Tobiah, who was, the en- who was an enemy of the Jew, is now occupying a room in the temple. I remember one time a guy who was, uh, he was a pastor's son, and he had issues when it came to drugs. And uh, they decided, or he thought it was best that he would go to Teen Challenge in Boston. And when he was there, he came back, uh, and, and I had a conversation with him, and he had someone that was there tell him this. He said, show me your friends, and I will show you your future. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Why? Because friends have great influence. Influence. The question is, are we going to influence them or are they going to influence us? Are we going to influence them or are they going to influence us? And in this case, here is the priest in partnership with the enemy. And folks, how many know that that doesn't look like a very good future? Because folks, how many understand that when you have a negative influence in your life, that that, neg- that, that, that will, or I should say, if, if I can re- re- just go back a little bit, that whatever influences in your life is either going to be positive or negative. It's either going to be positive or negative. How many ever sense that when you're around positive people, it just, it's a different atmosphere than when you're around negative people? When you're around positive people, because I've done this, I went to a, a lunch with, with, a, with a pastor and I came away feeling energized. Then I've been around some people where I felt like I needed to go home and get in the fetal position because I was depressed. They're going to have positive or negative effects in your life. And that's why he said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Why? Because it has a bearing on your life, your values, your choices, and your decisions, which of course end up charting your course for the future. Psalm 1 Verses 1 to 2 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Proverbs thirteen twenty says that he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three says that bad company corrupts good character. We need to be careful who it is that's influencing our lives. Because again, it influences your value system. It influences our choices, our decisions, and they all shape who you are and where you're going. And the Bible tells us that there's only two paths that we can be on. One that leads to life. And how many know that that's what God's will is for you? Is that you're on the path that brings life. Right? When you sow to the Spirit, 
Amen? When the Spirit of God is, influ- is your chief influencer, how many know it brings life and peace? But conversely, if we sow to the, to the flesh and we allow the sinful nature to rule, and how many know that that's what the enemy wants us to do? He wants to bring negative influence, the wrong kind of influence, that, that actually, it actually pleases the flesh to take us to everlasting destruction. And what's interesting is, is that the spiritual conditions that Nehemiah discovered when he returned to Jerusalem had a, was a direct, direct result, directly proportionate to Elisha becoming associates with the enemy. So the first thing that we need to do to maintain our spiritual vitality is to guard our hearts and minds when it comes to influencing us. And can I, can I just take it a little bit further even beyond people? We need to be careful of what we're ingesting through television. Do you know that the media right now is what is shaping people's lives? It's shaping people's thoughts to the point where it now shapes people's actions. The media. The media has a spin on truth, and sometimes it's only half the truth. I remember when Dan Brown's book, The Da Vinci Code, came out, and it was surprising how many people accepted a non or excuse me, accepted a book of fiction to be truth. Media. It influences. What we're searching on, on the internet, the magazines that we subscribe to, the books that we read. We need to be careful, the influences. But sadly, you see, Eliasip didn't just stop there. Not only was he closely associated with Tobiah, but Tobiah's influence was so strong that not only did he open his heart and his mind, but he opened the door wide open for him to allow him to take up residence right in the temple of the Lord. Wow. Think about it for a moment. It's one thing to give the place of the enemy in your personal life. It's another thing when you allow the place of the enemy to occupy the house of worship. This is how far it had gone. If you look at chapter 9, verse 5, and it says, And he had provided him with a large room formerly used to, stir, to store the grain offerings, the incense and the temple articles, and also the tithe of grain and new wine and oil prescribed by for the Levites, singers, gatekeepers, as well as the contributions for the priests. Notice what he, what he did. What did he removed? Notice what he removed to get Tobiah in there. First of all, he, he removed the grain offerings. And those grain offerings were brought to the temple as a voluntary act of worship in recognizing that God was good. That God was a God of provision. So it emphasized or symbolized the sovereignty of God as the one who is our supplier. And yet, the high priest removed the grain offering. The second thing that he did was that he removed the incense. And biblically, we know that incense symbolizes prayer. David wrote this. He said in Psalm 141, verse 2, May my prayer be set before you like incense. The grain offerings representing God's provision, 
incense representing prayer. But it also goes on to mention that he removed the new wine. The new wine in scriptures is often figurative or symbolizes the blood of Christ, the very substance of our redemption. Not only did he remove the new wine, but it says that he also removed the oil. And we all probably know that the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Wow, Elias said, what have you done? Can anybody see the problem here? Can anybody see the gravity of the situation? How far he went in removing these things represents the condition now in their hearts. Going from revival, going from renewal to a place of laxity. And no wonder he came back and Nehemiah said, I was greatly displeased. Can you imagine Nehemiah coming back after all of the work that had been poured into Jerusalem and now there's a leader, a spiritual leader has allowed the enemy in. He says, I was greatly displeased. I could imagine he was going through these rooms, these storehouses with righteous indignation within his heart. I can imagine he was as upset as when Jesus had went into the temple and he found that the money changers were set up in the court of the Gentiles and he was, they were making it dif- difficult for the Gentiles to worship because they were extorting the people, overcharging them in the exchange of their money. And Jesus went in with righteous indignation. How many know Jesus got angry? He got angry, but he didn't sin. This was a righteous anger, and I can see, I can almost imagine the look on Nehemiah's face of this righteous anger. How could you do this? You're the high priest. You're a spiritual leader. Not only have you closely associated with the enemy, you have allowed them to come right in to the church. Can I say this morning, that is part of the reason why I believe we need, we need to stay true to the Bible. We need to allow the scriptures to shape us and mold us because it's the word of God. And so I can imagine that Nehemiah came back in and he began to see, I mean, this is the one who I put in charge. This is the one who I put in charge of the storehouses. And so what does he do? What does Nehemiah do? Nehemiah takes action. You ever notice that Nehemiah is, is the one who, who takes action? And what he does here, the second thing I want you to notice what Nehemiah does, not only, not only that, but how many know that, that when it comes to us maintaining renewal in our lives, that we need to daily boot the spirit of Tobiah out of our lives. We need to, the Bible says that we are at te- the temple of the Holy Spirit. And how many know that the enemy wants to get in there? He wants to get a foothold. Paul says don't give the enemy a foothold. Don't give Satan a foothold. You know what a foothold is? A foothold in, in, in the Greek, it's, it's, it's that prefix that you see on, on when it says top, like a map, it says topographical, it's topos, which means it's a place. In other words, don't give the devil a place in your life. Don't give him room. If I can say it more simply, don't give the devil room in which to operate. So in order to maintain our renewal with God, our our reviving with God, our our walk with Him, 
our communion that we were singing about, we need to be sure that we cast out daily the spirit of Tobiah or the spirit of the world. Because how many understand we're still in the world? We're still here. We haven't, we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't arrived. How many would say that's true? We haven't arrived just yet. And if the Lord has blessed you with another 20, 30, 40, whatever years on this planet Earth, it's still going to be a struggle against not only our flesh, but against the principalities and powers. And thank the Lord we know that we got our name on the trophy, right? We, we know the end of the story, but how many know we're still, we're still dealing with this every single day? The world wants to squeeze us into its mold. The world wants to surround us. The world wants to pollute our minds. The spirit of of Tobiah wants us to not conform to the word, wants us to conform to the norms of society. That's why we are not to love the world or, or anything that's in the world. So John tells us, For if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, and the boasting of what he has done, does not come from the Father, but it's of the world. Now, he's not saying you don't love people. He's not saying you don't love the creation, that we are to care for that. God made it. We are to be stewards. Amen? There's a principle there of stewardship. So we love people. God so loved the, the world that he gave his only begotten son. But what we're saying here is the world system. The world system. There is a system out there that doesn't just want to make us disbelieve God, it's okay that you believe God as long as functionally you, don't, you live as though he doesn't exist in your life. How many know that there's people who say, oh, I believe in God. Did you know this? There's people in America and people in Canada that would lift their hand and say, I believe in God. But if you observed their lives, you would say, no, no, you, no you don't. Because if you truly did, you wouldn't be living in conformity with the world. Because if you truly believed who, that, that God is the creator of all things and that ultimately we're accountable to him, that your life would be totally different. It's what they call functional atheism. And the devil's okay with that. You can believe God exists as long as you live like he doesn't. And that's where so many people are at today. And can I just suggest this morning, we need to guard our hearts... Because it's one thing to attend church, it's another thing to have that vital everyday communion with the Lord. Amen? And that's where our strength comes from. That's where our praise will come from. That's where the power will come from, is when we're connected in that way to to the Lord through the Holy Spirit. Because the spirit of the world wants nothing more for us to get rid of the grain offering. And the grain, remember, that's this is a symbol here. He, he wants us another to, to, to get to the point where, no, it's, it's okay. I can take care of myself. I don't need the God who provides everything for me. I'm okay on my own. Isn't that the, what the world system is saying? You, you can make it on your own. All you need to do is follow your hopes and dreams. And, and it's like we have even the gospel of the American dreams wrapped up in little scripture verses. The American dream is this, that you, if you can do it on your own. You don't need God. So you don't need the grain offering. The spirit of the world wants us nothing to do to get rid of the incense out of the, out of the rooms of our temple. He doesn't want us to pray. 
He doesn't want us to have that relationship. He doesn't want us to depend on the new wine. Just do good works. Many people believe that if I just do enough good works and it outweighs the bad, then God will be good with it. But folks, we need, we need the blood of Jesus to cover over our sin. It's only the blood of Jesus that redeems us. So we need the grain offering. We need the incense. We need the, the new wine. And folks, we also need the oil of the Spirit. Many churches today, it's like they don't even know who the Holy Spirit is. They're scared, and, they're even, and some of them are scared to death of the Holy Spirit. Oh, the Holy Spirit, you know, he might make you do some kind of weird things. Well, I want you to know Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin and righteousness. He, he sent the Holy Spirit to be our guide and our teacher. He sent the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into truth. He sent the Holy Spirit to illuminate the Scripture so that we can understand it and apply it and live it. And he sent the Holy Spirit, and I'm not covering everything here, but he sent the Holy Spirit so that we could be anointed to serve the kingdom of God in power. That's how God relates to us through the Holy Spirit. And we need the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of God in our temple. How many believe that's true? We need, the Holy, we need to maintain our... We need to cast out the Spirit of the world. The third thing that we need to do is maintaining a pure heart. So you'll notice that when you, when you, when you move along here, you'll, you'll find that Nehemiah... that, that, that um, there was these rooms where Tobiah and his household had to be cleansed. He had to get in there and he had to clean it up. Because Tobiah's presence defiled the temple. And even after Nehemiah had evicted him, there was still residue and dirt that he left behind. Proverbs 16, 6 says that through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, a man avoids evil. Through the fear of the Lord, a man avoids evil. Who knew that better than King David? How many know that the Bible describes King David as a man after God's own heart? But how many know he struggled with sin just like we do? He struggled with lust. He was one who conspired murder. He was probably better than any White House lawyer or media conglomerate when he covered up his own tracks. He even lived in self-deception, believing that his sin would not catch up to him. Yet you cannot outrun God. Because God sent the prophet Nathan, and he said, David, you are the man. You're the man. David's hands defiled. A man after God's own heart, his hands, his heart defiled. An adulterer, a murderer, a thief. And yet David cried out. He said to the Lord, he said, Oh, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. How many understand that there's going to be times in our lives as we are walking with the Lord, as we want to live in revival and renewal, that there are going to be things that sometimes we're weak we're weak and we, when we, we fall. We fall into sin. We fall short. We all do. How many would agree with that? We all sin and fall short of God's glory. And yet, 
we, we read a story. I mean, when you read the account of David as an example, it, it, reads, like, it reads like a primetime soap opera. I mean, if you put that on the silver screen, we tell our kids, like, read your Bible, pray every day, right? I mean, if they put David's story on the big screen, let me just tell you, it would be rated R. It would be restricted. I mean, this is, nobody could write a script as good as this story today. I mean, it would make lots of money because it's full of everything. But here's David, considered a man of God's own heart, yet he failed. But in his failure, he recognizes that he needs a clean heart. He needs a steadfast spirit within him. And because of God's love and his faithfulness, David could say in confidence that, Oh God, you will not despise me. You will not despise me. Because if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to confess our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. If we could stand this morning and have the team come back. I want to just close with this. You remember that Nehemiah went and he had, to, he, had to, he, had to, he had to restore. So he had to cleanse, but he also had to restore. And in Nehemiah 13, 9, it says, Then I put back into them the equipment of the house of God with the grain offerings and the incense. And I'm sure he put in the new wine and the oil. Because, folks, maintaining a renewed life means that sometimes on that journey, that's what we're going to have to do. There might be some of us here today who might say, Pastor Steve, you know, I'm relating to what you're saying. In my, I've had an experience with God where God did an amazing thing in my life. And I fell in love with Jesus, and, and I was so charged and fired up for Him. But, Pastor, I recognize in my own spirit that my relationship with Him, that the embers... I should say the fire have now just become embers. And as I think of my life and I take inventory, I notice that there's influence there that shouldn't be there. There's distractions that are there that shouldn't be there. And I can relate to that. Yeah, I've been living a little more independently from the Lord than I should be. Maybe my prayer life, the incense is, is, isn't where it should be. Maybe I'm, I'm just... You know, maybe I haven't really been pressing in the way that I should be into all that God has for me. And as a result, my relationship with Him is growing cold. Maybe you're here this morning and you failed God. And you failed and you thought, oh, there's no way He'll take me back. I want you to know that just like David prayed, created me a clean heart. Just like when Nehemiah went into the storeroom and he booted Tobiah out. I mean, he pulled out the furniture and the big screen TV and all the popcorn machine and everything else that Tobiah had in the store, and he just got him out of there. He cleaned everything up, and he put back what belonged there. And I want you to know this morning that the Lord can do the exact same thing in your heart. He can do the exact same thing in your life because he's a God who is a God of restoration. He's a God of revival. He's a God of restoration and renewing. And how many understand that you don't need restoration unless you've been to where you shouldn't be? But I want you to know he's a a God who always has his arms wide open to restore your relationship, to restore your dignity, to restore your identity. Because he loves you. 
Maybe you're here this morning. If we could stand this morning. If this, if this has spoken to you, if this is connecting with you at all, could I see your hand? I see some hands going up. Thank you so much for your honesty. Thank you so much for your honesty. And I, and I just want to pray over us today. I want to pray. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne. And Lord, we've had fam- wonderful praise and worship. We've had family time. We've had communion together today. And this morning, Lord, my prayer for the folks, and, 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 and I want you to pray to the Lord. I want you to be open and honest with him today that God, uh, just tell him where you're at and where you want to be. Maybe you failed. Maybe you're living in revival right now. I don't know. Maybe you're seeing, getting a breakthrough, but maybe you're, you're someone who, yeah, I've allowed the spirit of Tobiah. I've allowed the world to come in. I've allowed that influence. And I've allowed it to affect me to the point where my love for God has grown cold. But I don't want that anymore. I, I, I want to be where God wants me to be. I want to get back into that relationship. I want to get back into the Word. I want to get back into per, my prayer closet. I want to get back in fellowship with God's people. I want to have the right influences. I want to have the right relationships. I, 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 want, to, I, want, to, I want to go where God wants me to go. And if that's your desire, let's just pray. And say, God, in Jesus' name, we come to you, Lord, because every single one of us in our lives, in our journey, there are going to be many times, we we might get ourselves off the rails a little bit. But God, we know you're a God of restoration. You're a God of grace and love and mercy. You're a God who wants to pick us up out of the mire and the muck. You're the God who welcomes back the prodigal son. You're the God who runs to us. You're the God who wants to pour out your grace upon us. You're the God who wraps your arms of love and welcomes us home. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray as David did, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, but renew a right spirit within me. Maybe you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord, you, don't, you haven't been born again. You haven't asked Jesus to forgive you or your sin and be the, for him to be the Lord of your life. Is there anybody here who would say, that's me? I've never, I've, never asked Jesus, I've never asked Jesus to make me born again. Anybody here? Anybody here? Well, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for those who lifted their hands and relating to the message this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we we love you this morning. We worship you. And for each and every hand that was raised, we just pray, God, we pray for restoration. We pray for restoration. We pray, God, you'll take us deeper. Take us deeper. Take us deeper in in, in the things of God. Take us deeper into your knowledge. Take us deeper into revelation. Take us deeper into the mysteries of the Lord, that we would know you in an intimate way that would change our lives and the course of our lives. And Lord, we pray that you cleanse us as Nehemiah went into and he had to purify the rooms. Lord, purify our hearts today. And may we leave this place with a sense that, God, we have renewed our relationship with you. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you know, I don't know about you, but I, I recognized that where I had gone and I sensed that I had to make a recommitment to the Lord. Put it that way. And maybe that's you this morning. And you're saying, you know, Pastor Steve, I just sense that I need to make a recommitment with the Lord. Anybody here would lift your hand and say, that's what I need to do this morning. I need to make a recommitment to the Lord. Anyone? Anyone? I see a few hands going up. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you. With Heavenly Father, we, we all come before your throne. We all thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for the grace of God. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that saves and sets us free. And we ask one more time, Lord, that your, that your blood would just cleanse every sin, every stain, every spot. And give us the strength and give us the empowerment, Lord, to serve you every single day of our lives. And Lord, help us, I pray, to make sure that the influences in our lives are, the influ- are godly influences. Because I recognize, Lord, it influences my values, my decisions, my choices, my future. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And for his glory, amen. 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 God bless you, and thank you so much for coming out today and worshiping together. Just a fantastic time. And uh, we're going to be back by Saturday, so we'll be definitely here. Everyone is welcome back. If, you're, if, if this is your first time, I want to see you a second and a third and a fourth. Don't, I want to see you every week. All right, I want to see you all the time. Just want to give you that invitation. So God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for sharing testimonies. Thank you for having a little family time around the altar. Thank you, Caleb, for sharing your testimony. Because we just need to encourage one another. Amen? Strengthen one another. Amen. God bless you.